Hi! Welcome to the CGOE Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we chat with Kelly Moore as we dive into where things sit with the Winnipeg Jets and their training camp. Just two preseason games left. What are the battles that are still ongoing? Who have been the standouts? Who's still there? We'll talk about it all on the podcast. Let's talk Winnipeg Jets now as we welcome in the sports director of CJOB, Kelly Moore. And Kelly, uh, let's just start with this question. We've got two preseason games remaining. Where do things sit in your eyes when it comes to the battles that we all thought would be the battles going into training camp? Well, uh, you know, going into training camp, you know, I, I thought that you'd have people like Christian Reichel, like David Gustafson, uh, and uh, maybe a couple of others battling for that fourth-line job. Kevin Stenland, uh, who just uh, was sent down to the Manitoba Moose but needs to clear waivers first, uh, was, was I thought, going to be in that battle. Saku Manalainen and Brad Lambert were not two names on my list, and yet uh, here they are, uh, still uh, part of the conversation uh, with just two preseason games to go. Uh, the third line battle between Jansen Harkins and Morgan Barron has been kind of off and on, Christian, because Morgan Barron just skated with the team for the first time yesterday after uh, getting nicked up before camp started. Uh, he was skating on his own and doing lots of video work. So that kind of opened the door for Jansen Harkins. And then Harkins, I guess, I, I don't remember this happening, but I guess he got nicked up a little against Edmonton. Uh, because neither he or Pierre-Luc Dubois have skated the last two days. So Barron's had the chance to be you know, on that line uh, with Adam Lowry. Now, just Lowry yesterday, because Mason Appleton, who got hit from behind, uh, didn't uh, skate on Sunday. But Appleton was back practicing today, and they had that line of Morgan Barron with Adam Lowry and, and Mason Appleton. And, and I know Rick Bonus had said he wants to see how that line looks. So I would... Venture a guess, Christian, that uh, we'll see that line intact Wednesday night against the Calgary Flames. Uh, and we'll also see the number one line. And then, of course, it comes down to the defense. And Billy Hanela, Logan Stanley, and Dylan Sandberg, probably the three front runners with, uh, you know, uh, Capobianco and, uh, and Kovacevic uh, both, uh, you know, throwing their hat in the ring. And I'll tell you, Kovacevic is at a very sneaky, quiet, good camp in preseason. I'll be interested to see if he gets a chance to play Wednesday night against Calgary. And, of course, the other thing uh, there, too, uh, Christian, is, you know, if it's a dead heat, you know, then Saberg and Hainala, uh, because they don't have to clear waivers, that kind of works against them. But it's not a dead heat. Uh, I think Billy Hainala has uh, really uh, uh, set the tempo uh, in that race uh, for spots six, seven, and possibly eight on the defense. Uh, so, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of what we were looking at going in. So I guess the two pleasant surprises slash wild cards, whatever you want to dub them, would be Minalainen and, uh, and Lambert. Now, in terms of evaluation, bonus today said it's still ongoing for a few more days. We're not going to have our full lineup in there on, on Wednesday, but there's a really good chance on Friday we will. And... Um, you know, we're finally going to get a good look at Morgan Barron. I've been excited to, to get him back in. Then I've always wanted to look what Lowry and with Mason and, and, and Barron would look like. So uh, we're going to take a look at that for the next two games. 
Um, again, he's a little bit behind because of the injury, which is very unfortunate because he's one of the guys that we had penciled in. We got to take a real good look at him. So, um, but hey, you deal with what the way it is and he'll get a good look the next two games. You go into camp, okay, you pinpoint people you don't know that you have high expectations for, and he would be one of them. And so that, that was expanding on what you just said, Kelly, about that, that line of Baron Appleton and Lowry and we're not going to see the full lineup, I think, on the ice, as he said. Uh, but at the same time, in terms of the fourth line battle, let's just focus on Manaline in there because he's sure. someone that we, we've talked about in the in the pregame coverage when I was on with you last week. It wasn't on our radar when the training camp started. He's still here, and he got quite the audition, I think, on Saturday night, didn't he? He sure did. And, you know, I think, you know, he's played in three of the four games. He was actually part of the traveling uh, group uh, that went into Montreal. Uh, I don't know which player it was that uh, they weren't quite sure about whether he'd be able to play or not. But uh, Saku wound up being the the press box guy uh, for that game. But he, he certainly... Uh, would not be able to say, well, they didn't give me a chance because he's certainly been given that. And I'll tell you what, Christian, he's he's taken full advantage of it. Uh, you know, there wasn't a whole lot uh, known about him because he played uh, in the National Hockey League quite a few years ago and in Carolina. So, you know, you don't really get a chance to, to see them a lot twice a year. Uh, but uh, today he was on that line with David Gustafson and Sam Gagne. Now, as you mentioned, uh, I could say pretty conclusively, we're not going to see the full lineup on Wednesday against Calgary because Rick Bonus today said it was unlikely. Uh, I think that was the, the exact word he used or something to that effect uh, that we uh, would not, either that, that Pierre-Luc Dubois and Jansen Harkins would play. So I think we can scratch those guys off the list for Wednesday against Calgary. And, and I think we could probably put number 47 for Brad Lambert, number eight for Saku Manalainen in there, because they're going to, for sure, they're going to want to see those guys one more time with the idea that as the preseason progresses, so does the degree of difficulty. And Lambert, I'll tell you, Christian, he has just been a ton of fun. You know, I mean, he uh, he scored that big tying goal in Montreal and earned the nickname of Big Bad Brad from Nate Schmidt. Uh, on the Pulse game show, and then uh, for my money, he might have been the most dangerous Winnipeg Jets forward against the Edmonton Oilers. I know Cole Perfetti scored two goals and had the eight shots on goal and, and another two-shot attempts. Uh, hard to argue with him being selected as the first star, but if you're just going on pure excitement and uh, you know and a dynamic presence, boy, the kid wearing number 47, Brad Lambert, he, he had it Saturday night. Well, he hit the post in the shootout, didn't he? After a pretty nice yeah. move, and yeah, great backhander, yeah. The hands of a of a of an offensive talent, and you're right. There were a lot of moments there, and then the question, of course, is he's doing this in the preseason, but against yes. whom exactly? Because when you get to the actual regular season games, the quality of defense goes up by exponential factors here. So that's one of the the big things. But nonetheless, he's. He's very recently into this uh, this franchise. He's still a teenager. He's still raw, and he, but he's shown great flashes that I think have really impressed this coaching staff. You know, I guess, Christian, we, you know, you could say that what we're seeing of Brad Lambert now is if you go back to the start of last season, 
when he was projected as a, a possible top 10 draft pick, maybe we're seeing that now. You know, we're seeing that confidence. We're seeing that skill. And, you know, sometimes there are players that have the type of skill level that it comes out when they're playing at a higher level. You know, we'll, I, I think we need to pump the brakes a little bit here. And as you just mentioned, remember uh, that uh, he wasn't playing against Connor McDavid or Darnell Nurse or Evander Kane or Zach Hyman or uh, Leon Dreisaitl or, uh, you know, <laughs> some of the other uh, uh, defensemen that weren't in the Edmonton Oilers lineup on Saturday night. He, he was playing against a pretty pedestrian crew and ditto for the game two nights earlier in Montreal. So that has to always be remembered. But you don't ever want to, you know, you, you don't want to get into curb your enthusiasm on these young guys either. Uh, just uh, as Rick Bonus said, you know, go day by day, and just see if the young man can continue to play himself on the team as opposed to playing himself off it. And I think that's the best perspective and probably the best approach to have. Don't uh, don't be making too much out of something just yet, but by the same token, give the kid a pat on the back. He's earned it. So what do you think happens with Brad Lambert, who turns 19 in December? Well, you know, there there's... There's a number of options. First and foremost, uh, he goes back to Finland if he doesn't sign here, and he hasn't signed yet. I I would suspect that would probably happen. Uh, but uh, you know, then so let's just let's go on the assumption, Christian, that that he signs, okay? Uh, and and if he does, then I would suspect with what he has shown in this camp, at the very least, he would deserve the opportunity. Uh, to show that he can play at the American Hockey League level. And, uh, you know, if things go well for him there, then, you know, inevitably you are going to have injuries, you know, at the NHL level. And I think you've got a guy that at least if he can continue to build off of what he's shown here, albeit at the American Hockey League level, he's your next guy up. If someone in the top six goes down, you know, especially, uh, you know, a, a winger. Um, and, and so to me, that would be that would be the thing that I would bet on. Um, there's always the possibility that you say, you know what, go and light up the Western Hockey League with the Seattle Thunderbirds. Just just wreak havoc down there. Uh, get your mojo going. And then, uh, you know, let's see what you do here next year. Uh, but uh, again, uh, because he did play. Uh, in a league uh, with men uh, two years previously in his home country of Finland, uh, you, you know, uh, there, there's a reasonable debate as to whether that's the best avenue to take. So uh, I, I would think, Christian, that mo- most plausibly would be if he does sign, uh, that uh, then, you know, and, and if he does not make the Winnipeg Jets, which I still think is a reach, he may start. He may earn the right to start the season with the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, but, uh, you know, as was mentioned several times today, as a reminder, because you and me and anybody else who's been watching hockey uh, for a number of years uh, know uh, that uh, just like when the regular season unfolds, it ratchets up as it goes along. But there's a there's a big, a very significant difference between how the game is played at the preseason level, and then once you get to the regular season against the guys who are the best in the world. 
Absolutely. And when you look at the the top six thing, if he, if someone is hurt, he would fit into that role. If a bottom six guy gets hurt, that's not really his thing. He's going to come in to, to be on the wing with some high-skilled players. Before I let you go, Kelly, uh, on the on defense, you mentioned that you think Philly Hanela has the lead uh, in the clubhouse. Yeah. Is there anything you mentioned that uh, Rick Bonus said players more looking to see what they do to play themselves on or off a team? Is it possible that in these last two preseason games he could play himself off the team, or do you feel strongly enough that Hanela is number six and he's going to have that job against the Rangers? Yeah, I don't think Vili Hanela is playing out of his weight class, if that makes sense. Like, I, I think that, you know, I made the, the comment, I think, on your show before and, and others. I think this is his time. And he he at least looks to me very comfortable in it. Now, is Vili Hanela playing bulletproof hockey right now? No. <laughs> Watch closely. He's still getting taken out on the end boards. He's still giving the puck away. Yeah, the first uh, you know, goal on against Ed- on Saturday was not good on him. No, well, and and yet, you know what? It was really interesting, Christian, on the Pulse Game Show. Rick uh, Bonus said that's not all on Vili. No, that all, uh, part of that is the responsibility of the forwards, which I found a real interesting comment. So, you know, what we're used to before with the defenseman activating and getting caught, while well, it's naturally their fault. Uh, that's not that's not the entire role of responsibility anymore with this system that they're playing. Uh, but I, I get your point 100% because he was the guy that lost the puck. Uh, but he had but he had nobody to get it to because, as Bonus said, everybody had their back to the play. There was no one to, to head man the puck to. And, and so that's why I wound up hanging on to it for too long and then eventually losing it. Uh, still, though, those are the kind of plays that have been happening. So that's why I say he's not playing bulletproof hockey yet. But... If you're if you're looking at some of the things that maybe could come into play here, uh, boy, uh, I would argue with you till the the night uh, turn blue uh, that he doesn't look completely comfortable on that power play unit. I just I really like the way that he's handling that puck and that uh, uh, you know the, the just the confidence and the comfortability that he's playing with it. Now again. Now, this is the preseason. We'll see what happens in the regular season. But if he's able to do that, Christian, then all of a sudden, does that free up somebody like maybe a Neil Pionk uh, to be able to uh, you know, play uh, a little bit more in the penalty kill, which is something he excels at. Uh, and, you, you know, you don't have to be driving his minutes up into the 24, 25-minute uh, sphere. So, uh, you know, that that's where I kind of see Hainala. Uh, I, I don't think this stage is too big for him. I'll still be interested to see if he's able to continue doing that again against a higher level of competition. Uh, but uh, right now, he seems to be setting a pace. Uh, Dylan Sandberg's had his moments. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, uh, Hanela, Sandberg, and Stanley in that order. And I think, uh, you know, as they're approaching the uh, the stretch drive, uh, if you will, uh, I think Billy's starting to expand his lead a little bit. Like it, Kelly. Appreciate your time as always. Thanks for this, and uh, we'll check in again with you tomorrow night. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more every weeknight on CJOB from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Of course, that is when the Jets are not playing, because if the Jets are playing, then I don't have a show, but I'll be part of the pre- and post-game coverage. Anyway, thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places I'd imagine. So farewell. 
until we meet again. So long and thanks for all the fish. So sad that it should come to this. We try to warn you over the day. You may not share our intellect.